All right, everybody, welcome into Fresh Takes with Russo and Felice. Paul Russo, man, myth, legend himself, Nick Felice, next to me. You'll be hearing from the great beyond the voice of the wonderful Nate Sharman producing everything behind the scenes. Boys, uh, a little bit later in the week than we usually do, but uh, this might be the uh, way it is in the future, uh, at least for a little while or until we kind of figure stuff out here even more. But um, we've been doing the Daily Show, obviously, and that's kind of why we're, we're delaying the week a little bit. So hopefully everybody's been checking that out. If you haven't, really recommend it. We have a lot of great stuff. Nate uh, made his debut behind the desk today and did a phenomenal job. Excellent job by you, Nate. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. A lot of fun. Um, yeah. was able to host with Rebecca Swift today, so... Like you said, Paul, yeah. be, be sure to check that check that out. Go yeah. back on twenty four seven stream or on our Facebook page, and yeah. those videos live there. Yeah, so uh, a lot to get to, Nick. But yeah. uh, it's been literally has been ten days since I've seen you. Congratulations to your cousin Kyle and his wife Annie on their <laughs> wedding over the weekend. Thank you. It was very tough on me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it looks like, and, and I know like a lot of your family. So I, I do say this: it looked like you guys were having a fantastic time, and that's awesome to see that. At least most of the family was able to get together. So thank you. Yeah, uh, but a lot it's of fun. good to see you too. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a lot of fun for you. How was Jack? How did Jack treat you? Are you talking about Jack the Casino? Why not both? Why not both? Jack? Why not both? <laughs> well, I guess if you have the name Jack, I guess you get a free T-shirt. So you got a free wait. T-shirt. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you went to Jack Casino, got a free T-shirt. Nice, nice. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. It's good to hear. I want a little bit of money, so and you sit over in a really nice little part of cleveland in the uh playhouse district so yeah um yeah it looked like you guys were able i didn't have to tell you too too much where to go you guys were able to find your way around so yeah it's fun um good time well, yeah a lot to uh kind of get to we'll jump right in and start with uh a battle between or a battle that was between our two college football squads wasn't uh exactly the the best game for my syracuse orange but for your notre dame fighting irish yeah. nick Big forty-one to twenty-four victory in the uh, dome on Saturday. Yeah, I only got I only got the chance to catch the beginning of it because of the wedding, but mm-hmm. that, because it was at noon. So um, I did see the pick six yeah. at the beginning. That was pretty cool. Um, obviously, it'd be a lot bigger of a win if Notre Dame didn't have three losses on their schedule right. already. But still, something you know to go into the dome yeah. and get the win pretty handily. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was um, – there were moments where – and I, I got, I've gotten – I wouldn't say roasted, but I feel like I don't – I think people are kind of misinterpreting what I've kind of said through the week. And you didn't go, right? No. No, I, I, I had travel plans. They fell through. Ticket was on the market and sold. It kind of is what you it did is. Sell it. Yes. Uh, but um, – but I, I, like I said, I think a lot of people are kind of misunderstood what I kind of said to them earlier in the week. I'm not saying like it was a good game for Syracuse, but I mean, I, I like the defense was out there again for a long while yeah. in that game for the Orange, uh, to the point where that's where I say like the 41-24 score is not truly indicative in my mind of what it actually was. Was it still probably a plus one possession game? Yeah, I, I think really, to me, if anything you want to look at, the score is maybe closer to being like a 34-ish 24 type style. Uh, you know, mainly like the the play that sticks out, right? It's that pick six at the beginning that that Schrader threw. Uh, but um, I thought to me that was probably the true low point of the, actually the Syracuse offense in a lot of way. Um, obviously, Schrader gets hurt, and they bring in Carlos Rio, Carlos Del Rio Wilson, who transferred from Florida. And I know Dino has said that there's no quarterback controversy, but I 
wouldn't be opposed to it being some sort of controversy. I think I'm certainly the minority of saying this, but to me, I think Del Rio Wilson's really close to what Greater, Garrett Schrader is. I mean, I, I know you didn't you didn't see at least the stuff live, but watching Del Rio Wilson live was kind of incredible, to be honest with you. He's a bit bigger than Schrader. They're a similar height, but Del Rio Wilson's a bit more built in that regard. And to me, his speed is equal to Schrader. I think he has a better arm than Schrader. I think Schrader's just more accurate than Del Rio Wilson at this time. Uh, but... Um, I want to go back to Notre Dame real quick before I guess we really jump into any more serious dialogue because, um, you know, this is a team in Notre Dame that I thought could make the college football playoff at the beginning of the year. I, I think the stuff, especially the month of September for them, is just indicative of it's a young-ish team um, with a obviously rookie head coach in Freeman. And I think that there were mistakes on the sideline and on the field. And within the past few weeks, I know obviously the Stanford loss is the one that sticks out the worst, maybe even worse than Marshall in some ways. But um, this is a very pesky Notre Dame team. At the very worst, they are a pesky team that you can't take lightly. Who gave Ohio State a run for the the opening game. Right. So, um, obviously, you know, and and they dealt with injury too, right? I mean, you know, Pine, you know, is (laughs) – Pine is not used to maybe – situations like this in a way uh but to me uh, the two-headed monster i know uh, estimi got the uh kind of i guess the the really main rushing attack i mean he had 20 carries 123 yards and two touchdowns on the ground um which i mean that's numbers that we expect probably from the guy on the other side of the ball and sean tucker mm-hmm. so uh, i think there's a lot to build off of if you're the fighting irish here obviously you're one away from bowl eligibility it'll be tough this weekend to get it with clemson coming to uh, South we'll Bend, but um, I know a lot of people are joking about because Notre Dame, uh, it's wild to see their metrics. I know we aren't big on it, but they are wildly more consistent and a better team on the road than they are at home this year. It's it's kind of crazy. So uh, maybe Clemson travels super well like they always do, and it kind of feels like an away game at South Bend, and you guys just pull off the upset this week. <laughs> it could be. Well, you know what the line is? Uh, I can look it up quick, yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think Notre Dame has lost to Syracuse since that Greg Robinson game. 2008, yeah. Uh, the big upset there. The uh, last second field goal, yeah. 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 So That was at Notre Dame, too, wasn't it? It was. I actually, I remember watching that game. Nate, Nate will get a chuckle from this. Um, one of my friends at the time had a hockey game up in Syracuse that I ended up going to, and while we were waiting in the lobby, I can't remember the rink. But I remember watching on this very crappy, like, 13-inch tube TV in the corner, Syracuse get a field goal through. <laughs> That's unlocks some memories there, Paul. Yes. I can't remember can't remember the barn, though. I feel bad. Um, I know it was somewhere over, I want to say, in the, like, southwest side of the city. I, I know that probably doesn't help. You know my taste in hockey ranks, so that yeah. sounds like a barn I'd like. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I feel bad. I can't remember where... Exactly, it was, but I figured you'd it was at least 2008, enjoy it. Paul, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I figured you at least. I figured you'd at least enjoy the uh, <laughs> enjoy the reference there um, for that. Um, yeah, it was good to see at least Sean Tucker get more carries. Anyway, um, how many did he get? He had ten. <laughs> oh. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we're 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 progressing in the right direction 
uh, compared to anything else. Uh, before we get into what is going to be by far to me the game of the week um, and other games for the weekend, college football playoff first rankings come out. Uh, a little bit of an interesting top, you know, we'll call it six the way they do it. Yeah. Uh, Syracuse got in uh, the first week at 20, which is above where they are in the AP and coaches poll at 22, uh, respectively, in those two. But they sit 20 in the college football playoff. So, they obviously, need, they obviously, I want to say obviously that low, it, it's not, you know, whatever, but, you know. They can get in a BCS Bowl still. Notably. Yes. Notably in the college football playoff in the top six, which is really the highlighted group that they look at, uh, TCU at seven. Hard to swallow pill for me. I think I'd put them above Alabama right now. Yeah, but this is college football. I know. So they're not I know. Do that. Fifth was Michigan, and I'd probably put them at four where Clemson is, personally. But um, that's something that we, I didn't put in or talk about. But what'd you make of that fight quick? That Michigan State and Michigan had. Yeah, it was it was nuts. Yeah, um, not surprising. I mean, they're they're rivals. Yeah, but a rivalry that's really heated up the past like five years. Yeah, I mean, it it don't matter. I mean, Michigan State's been down mm. for a while now. Yeah, but it's they still don't like mm. each other. No, I think no. that's it. Could be even bigger than that. that's been associated as a basketball rivalry most of the time, at least in our lifetimes. Yeah. But no, because I mean, Michigan, I, Ohio State's not big. Enough. I think. I think a lot of ways, I know somebody brought up the fact, I can't remember if it was a Michigan fan, exactly, but they said that they hate Michigan State more than they hate Ohio State at this point. So, I bet. Take that for what it's worth. Um, so, anyway, the top four, the four teams that would make the college football playoff at the start of the day, Tennessee at one, Ohio State at two, Georgia at three, and Clemson at four. I agree with you with the Clemson one. They yeah. Be in. Uh, Michigan should be in. I don't know if I'd put Tennessee at one. I'm a Tennessee – so, um, I guess supporter in that sense. Like I do think that they're good. I, I think that they deserve to be in the top four. I don't know if I'd put them at one though. I think Georgia should be ahead of Ohio State. I I, I personally think, and I think I'm gonna get. This is probably go where if we had your why come up here in college football, this is where it'd be. I'd personally probably would have Michigan at one. Michigan to be honest, at one, yeah. To me, their body of work out of the top six teams is the best filled. They've had one close game, but other than that, they, they tend to go out there and dominate, keep everybody at arm's length. But I want you to be real with me, yeah. Paul. You know they're not going to win the national championship, right? Who do you think will? It's definitely not going to be the Big Ten. I don't know. It's no, definitely I, not going to be Michigan. I don't necessarily disagree with that, but like in the way that it's been this it's year for college Georgia football. Or if Alabama sneaks in. The I mean, we have a legitimate chance of having three SEC teams in the Final Four. There is a chance of that. Um, which is kind of wild to think about. Yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, the only I think really the only true gripe though I do have is probably the fact TCU is not in the top six. Um, they go out. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's tough to me. I mean, Alabama's obviously they dropped a game, right? They lost to Tennessee. Uh, obviously, everybody knows about the game, but you know they probably should have lost that game and I know that they won and everything at the end of the day is about winning but they probably should have lost that game at Texas mm-hmm. um they have it, it's not gonna be easy for well them. you remember back in the day TCU and Boise State yeah they never let them play the national championship right. game TCU's a big 12 though now yeah uh, they're not high in the big 12 no the big 12 is definitely dying here um I don't know about that with Oklahoma and Texas leaving I don't know if there's gonna be. A they're big bringing time. in. They're bringing in Cincinnati and Houston. They're bringing in some schools. BYU. This sounds like the American too. 
I mean, I don't disagree, I think, in that sense, but, I mean, they but still have some programs there. It's not like, you know. I think I want to be Michigan that should be in, but I know they're not going to win national Te- Texas hasn't been relevant since 2008. Michigan should be in, but I know they won't never win a national championship. And um, Alabama. Yeah. I mean, TCU should be ahead of Alabama, but they won't. They never I, will. Yeah, I mean, it's. They'll never jump them. Yeah. Um, so game day this week, as we look ahead, they're at Tennessee and Georgia for. It's not, I guess, true game of the century, quote unquote, where it's one and two. But uh, this is, this is on paper the biggest regular season game in college football in a long, long while, ranking wise. Um, every ranking pretty much has these guys one, two, or three. Take your pick out of which one and where. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! Wasn't Notre Dame Clemson a top four matchup? Couple years ago, yeah, but was it? It was close. I have to look it up. It was a couple years ago. They beat them without, you know, right? Lawrence didn't true. play. True, but um, but I get it. This is a bigger game. This this is big because I think this kind of lays the groundwork for, I think what I've said before about the college football playoff. What you've said before about the college football playoff. What I think a lot of people have said before about the college football playoff. Because to me, as much as this game should be relevant to it, it's not going to be necessarily. Because I think, I think the only true loser here potentially is Georgia. If Georgia somehow goes out and gets throttled by Tennessee, which I don't see happening, um, like I, I think we are staring down the barrel of pretty much three teams from the SEC in the college football playoff. It's never happened. Right? right, right. We've had two from the same conference, but never three. So... It's still going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of headliners here, right? You know, you have, obviously, Georgia, we know about them, right? Defending champions. Stetson Bennett at quarterback for them. But he certainly, this time for sure, is not the best quarterback in this game, right? I mean, that goes Hayden Hooker, who pretty much is the Heisman frontrunner to me. I think he's pretty much the lock-in at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, to me, he's so dynamic in, compared to Bennett that like I think that could be where the X factor is. And I know Tennessee's, you know, Tennessee's defense does not stack up to where Georgia's is, and it's not even really close. <laughs> it's 130 yards, we'll call it, difference without having to get into decimals and carrying numbers. Um, you know, it's this is this is a big game. I mean, but to me, like I don't think it's a blowout either way. I'll put it to you this way. I don't think it's a blowout either way. Can't see how it would be a blowout either way. But um, currently the line on it is eight points, uh, Georgia minus eight at home. I take. I would take Tennessee to cover, um, Georgia to win outright. But this is a game to me. I mean, we talked about how we didn't think maybe that Alabama-Tennessee game would be last-second field goal. This really screams to me last-second field goal. Do you guys get uh, 2019 LSU vibes from this Tennessee team? Um, I wouldn't say necessarily. There's well, some similarities, but yeah. There, no, there definitely are similarities. Right. I, I'm not going to deny that. I think the difference between this Tennessee team compared to the 19 LSU team, the core of this Tennessee team has been there for pretty much four years. Um, 
Hooker's been Hooker Hooker to be fair has been the de facto starter the past including this season two and a half seasons spots some spots where they went matchup wise or he's been pulled because he's just been playing super bad but he's pretty much been there like a quarterback for example for two and a half years mm-hmm. compared to obviously Burrow was a transfer in had two years at the helm but you know even then that first year I remember that first year with Burrow what would be his technically I think junior year with LSU there were questions about him whether he would hold that job all year right and really the past couple of years there hasn't been that with Hooker necessarily especially this year I mean Hooker has not had any doubts about him um it sounds like you think it, they're better than the 2019 LSU team I, I think if I had to stack them up, yeah, I think the only difference would probably be, again, defense where Tennessee is just not they're, – they're, they're fairly middle of the road in that regard defensively. They're not bad. I don't want to make it sound like Tennessee's a bad defense, but compared to even, you know, look at what Georgia's bringing, I mean, it's kind of night and day-ish. They also didn't have Coach O. <laughs> right. They didn't have the, 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 the catchers met <laughs> coaching them. But, um, for, hey, for your betters out there, right, Tennessee is 7-1-0 and against the spread this year, and Georgia's 4-4 four and four against the spread. So take that for what it's worth in the betting sphere. Uh, but I, I, I do think Georgia, I think that defense, like I said, I, it gives me last possession vibes. I have a, it just does. I have a divisions question. Sure. Is Georgia and Tennessee in the same division? Yeah, I believe they're in the east. Yeah, they're in the east. So Alabama is probably going to get their shot at one of them. Alabama will get their shot back at one of them, yeah. Whether it's obviously Tennessee getting back to them or not. I, I, I'm being honest with you. I'm, I'm not high on Alabama the rest of the way. Um, again, a, a major headline not that we haven't mentioned, right? Brian Harson gets fired from Auburn. And, I mean, you look at the way college football's been this year, the, the couple teams that have fired coaches so far, well, it's more than a couple, but the teams that have fired coaches so far, they've played significantly better po- these post-weeks since. Uh, Georgia Tech is the one that really stands out to me personally, obviously because I pay attention more to the ACC than the others, but they've played significantly better. Nebraska's played better. Um, you know, Even Wisconsin's played better. Arizona State's played better. I, I wouldn't want to play a team that you have players out there who are more or less either trying out to stay with whoever that head coach is coming in next year, which I'm going to drop a nugget here. I personally think it's going to be Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> um or, you know, you're trying out for wherever you're going to transfer, right, whether it's Tennessee or Georgia or whoever. I mean, you're going to want to go out there and you're going to want to play to that coach and say, I should be wide out one. I should be DB one. I should be, you know, center one. <laughs> so, and, and this Alabama team, it's a lot like Clemson, I think, now. I, this, I don't think this is the worst Alabama team Saban's had, not by a long shot. I mean, those first couple of years for them are bad. But I think in this college football playoff era, this is – Probably the worst team that he's had, which, again, not saying much, but, yeah. you know, take it for what it's worth. Um, Syracuse Pitt, Saturday, 3.30. Um, I'll be there. Pitt. No. <laughs> knowing you, though, I wouldn't doubt it. Pitt's a bit of a pesky team. They are they are a four or three-and-a-half-point favorite, but uh, I think this is a good game for Syracuse to get right. Hope, hopefully. Yeah. Um, Where's your concern level if they lose this game? It starts to get up there again a little bit. Um, I I brought this up a little bit. I, you know, I'm not saying fire Dino Babers by any means, uh, but um, I think we know what this team is very much so capable of talent-wise out there. Um, I just wonder if 
Dino is the coach to take them to the next step. You have to take away what happened in the Notre Dame game. No, I do. I I, I look back more on the they Clemson stuff. They had Clemson yeah. on the ropes. They yeah. had him. Yeah. No, I'm 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 with At you. Clemson. Yeah. With the big win, home winning yeah. streak. Obviously, you mentioned or Nate was you mentioned uh, off area Alabama LSU this night 7 p.m. nightcap game. That's a pretty big one. Um, still think Alabama's gonna over Brian Kelly. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah, give me Alabama. Hate to break the news to you. Uh, Texas at Kansas State, that's a Big 12-ranked matchup. Uh, Clemson and Notre Dame, I'm being honest with you. I, I do. I could see Notre Dame getting the upset here. I really could. What time is that game at? It's a 7.30 game. After the Breeders' Cup. Yeah. I you know I, I know what you're thinking, but I, I do like them there. Uh, Wake Forest, NC State, 21 versus 22. Sneaky little good game there. Obviously in the ACC, so college football, you got your choice really on Saturday and really through the weekend of, of stuff to watch, I'd say. So, yeah. All right, let's jump over to the NFL. Uh, some major stuff going on over there. Um, should we start with the Paul Russo homer hour or should we go with the trade deadline? Paul Russo homer hour. All right, Dan, Dan Snyder, owner of the Washington Commanders. My beloved Washington Commanders has hired Bank of America to look in to be, quote unquote, his advisors in the exploring selling of the team. Now it's come out and said it could be for the whole team. It could be a majority stake of the team, it could be a minority stake of the team. Anything's on the table. But the fact of the matter is Dan Snyder is looking at selling something of the Washington football squad. And that's big. Uh, obviously, the Justice Department opened up another investigation in them yesterday into the financial side of things. Obviously, we know what's going on on the sexual harassment side of things with Washington. Um, of all guys, Jim Irsay's banging the drum on having him be into force sell uh, from the ownership side. It's been quite the week, weeks, two weeks for me as a Washington Commander fan. <laughs> and I'm happy about it. I mean, this is a guy who I, I refuse. And the team's winning. I, yeah, much of their own chagrin. Uh, this is a guy who I refuse to purchase merchandise because of. And I know it's a small nickel pretty much in the pot of him because he's a rich guy. But um, And not to say, like, look, I know I have some Washington stuff, but that's gifted me. You I got a football team hat. I do. But I can't force if it's a gifted to me. Oh, you know? it was a gift. Yeah, I can't force if it's gifted to me at that point. I'm not going to refuse it. Uh, the, because somebody was being kind to me, right? But I'm not going to give my own money to that guy. Yeah. Uh, so um, the fact of the matter is this is a pretty big NFL news line because Washington's technically still a very valuable franchise. It's one of the most historic franchises, really, going back to 1932. I mean, they're celebrating their 90th anniversary season this year. So um, it, it's been – yesterday was a world one day for me. Uh, it was a big that day notification. For So it, it's going to be – it will be an interesting rest of the season at this point for Washington. Obviously, you mentioned that they're kind of turning the corner a little bit uh, with Heineke. And I think we all know where I kind of stand on him overall. But You like him. He's a backup for a reason. Uh, but, um, you know, you haven't lived through an ownership sell point from the Giants side. It's always been in the Moras. But, Nate, you're a Bills fan. You, you went through it because of, unfortunately, Ralph Wilson passing. But, um Certainly, the Pagulas coming in kind of breathe new life into the Bills. I mean, look at what they're doing now. 
Yeah, definitely. And we were a little scared that John Bon Jovi was going to buy the Bills, <laughs> among others, and move them to move Canada. Them, move them to Trenton, New Jersey. <laughs> or Trenton. Uh, there was still some, some scare uh, between the Bills getting moved to Penn State. Pagula's got a lot in, involved yeah. in there. That was never really on the table. That was kind of more of a threat to get the new stadium deal done. Right. But, yeah, Pagula's, they've done a great job in, in Buffalo so far, especially with the Bills. And now we're seeing the Sabres kind of right. getting turned around. So they're starting to get the right people in place. They've right. done that the last few years. So um, they've done a great job. I gotta say, yeah. that new Bill Stadium looks pretty sick. Should be domed. I <laughs> uh, disagree. No, I like how the way I like the way they constructed it. Yeah, you know, can catch me not there in January. <laughs> You're gonna be blocked from the wind pretty good there, though, with the uh, overhanging. I'm not. I'm not concerned about the wind. I can deal with the snow. I can deal with the wind, but it has to be one or the other. It can't be both. It'd be kind of covered, though. I mean, all the fan. Nah. Spill the dome in downtown. It's all right. You won't have to watch the Washington football team in January, so it's fine. <laughs> You're right. It's all I know is pain. Actually, I think there's a week seven. There's week seventeen now, so actually, you just need to- yeah, that's true. Yeah, actually, <laughs> technically speaking, they, they are in January. <laughs> all I know is pain. Uh, okay, let's head over to trade deadline. It, it seemingly was a more active NFL trade deadline. We usually don't get those, but uh, it was certainly a more unique experience. The Bills uh, kind of shore up their defense a little bit. Obviously, kind of dealing with some injury, even though uh, White, White's due back this weekend, I think, right? Or is it next weekend? Uh, they activated him from the list, but he oh, is so he's, qu- a, he's in the twenty-one day window then, isn't he? No, they activated him from that now. Oh, okay. Too, and he doesn't have an injury designation for this week, but okay. um, they're not, no one's really sure yet if they're going to play. So within realistically, it's within the next two weeks then. Yeah, I don't. I'm, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they hold him out this week and right. then get him ready for next week. But go out, they get Dean Marlowe from the Falcons, kind of help out in the secondary a little bit. Um, a Falcons defense, it's kind of, despite being hit and miss, has actually been whoa, pretty whoa. good. The first place Falcons defense. <laughs> there you go. Uh, also, the Bills uh, trying to shore up a, a position I've been saying for a while. They need to shore up a little bit, but they get Naheem Hines from the Colts for Zach Moss and a conditional fifth-round pick. Hines, uh, I think he's going to do a lot of work in that passing game, I'd assume. The kind of what he's been with the Colts, more or less. Um kind of operating in that window there was a great report from practice yesterday Stefan Diggs and, and Allen together were watching them and they both looked at each other and they go wow that guy's fast yeah yeah I mean it, <laughs> they liked it, him a lot coming out of college yeah I mean he, he's a guy who I mean really to be fair the Colts almost fully didn't take Jonathan Taylor because of in a way because at the time they had Marlon Mack they had Hines and they kind of figured that potentially Hines would kind of actually eclipse Mack but obviously didn't happen, and now none of them are chosen to die. Though I forget, never, never forget Edger and James. I'm interested to see what they do with Zach Moss. They yeah. also have Deion Jackson there, who played really well in that game where Hines and Taylor came out yeah. a couple weeks ago. Did a really good job on my fantasy team yeah. too that week, so I'll always remember that. Uh, Calvin Ridley is a Jaguar, uh, and there's a lot of different stipulations trade wise or draft wise compensation. Go back to the Falcons, so I'll skip over that. But interesting that uh, the Jaguar is looking. Really down the line on that one. He's gone the whole year, right? Yes, yeah. Is he coming back? No, not this year. It's a full-year suspension for him. So, um, Bradley Chubb goes from the Broncos to the Dolphins. Dolphins shore up them and uh, on defense a little bit. A defense that I think a lot of people had high hopes of going into the year. Do you think Dolphins fans like your brother reacted and thought they got Nick Chubb? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing they're pretty content with offense at this point. Um, but um, any sign extension to stay with them. So that's a pretty big plus-plus there. Um, Chase Claypool, who some people were convinced was going to Green Bay, ends up going to the Bears, who were selling off, sending 
Uh, the Bears, who saw off on defense especially, right? Smith, Jokin Smith going to uh, Baltimore. Uh, Quinn going to uh, Philadelphia. So, and then uh, to me, the one, the big trade that guy got probably swept on the rug in all Aussies, Hawkinson, TJ Hawkinson going from Detroit to Minnesota. Yeah. Kind of wild, especially to me, that's big fantasy wise. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, I know Kirk has been using tight ends more this year, and especially Irv Smith, who's going to be on the IR, and that's big. That's big. Hawkinson, you know, also what's, longevity what's Dan wise. Campbell, what's his thoughts? I don't know. I'm worried for my guy. I'm worried for my guy, that's for sure. Um, coach of the year to on the hot seat. Yeah. <laughs> Hate to see it. Hate to see it from you. That's why Brian Dable is getting coach of the year. So. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, they got to keep it up. I mean, if they start losing some games here. Right. Hasn't been uh, – it wasn't, I, I'd say, a, a full-fledged, like, week of kind of anything to really talk about. But uh, the Bills really throttled – the Packers Sunday night football wise. I know. Yeah. I, I know. I, I, ten and a half. I, I say this. It. I say this slightly tongue in cheek. I've been dealing with Nate all week about it. You know, he not a big fan of the way everything ended in the second half for the Bills, but um, he kept them at arm's length, which that's how he really need to do in football. Yeah, and there was no threat they were going to lose that game. Aaron Rodgers is done, right? Like. <laughs> Can we stop with the Aaron Rodgers shtick already? Kind of like the Tom yeah, Brady thing. <laughs> oh, I mean, he he was cocky. Yeah. And, and yeah, it sucks. I want to talk more. I'd like to make this more about the Bills because, I mean, they they really are just a machine right now. But, like, he can needed, we just stop it? <laughs> he needed Devontae Adams. And the only reason Adams isn't working out with, well, since he's not working out. But mm-hmm. the reason the Raiders aren't winning games is because they don't have a head coach. Mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels is not a head coach in the NFL. And nah. Um, none of Belichick's assistants are. So that's my takeaway from that. Because they were um, terrible. Didn't Raiders get shut out this week? Yeah, they did. I wouldn't say the Raiders are – none of the Belichick disciples are can coach. Really? I mean – There's two of them back on his team that can't figure out what job they have. I mean, one one's kind of getting blackballed right now. <laughs> so <laughs> – is Vrabel and his Yeah, Vrabel's technically a Belichick descendant. I guess there's one. <laughs> He's good. Yeah. Um but I mean, yeah, I mean outside of that, congrats to Russell Wilson. I guess he kinda cooked in England a little Who bit. Cares? <laughs> Who cares what that guy does? Um I mean other than that, I mean there wasn't to me a lot that stood out with the trade the deadline has passed. Yeah. But old Dell Beckham Jr. is still out there. Are you done with the reunion? I'm down with the reunion, yes. Yeah. I am. So, I think he's going to end up with, in all honesty, I think he ends up back with, we'll call any one of the three New York franchises. I think the Jets have a small window if they want to try and go and get him because. I mean, I don't mean to be biased, but I think yeah. he's going back to New York. I think he, I think for sure it's either Giants or Bills. I think the Bills are still in play. He's not going back to the Rams. I know he's not going they, back he, there. They can throw out his I mean, there's a, there's a bad Super Bowl hangover that. We probably should discuss more, but we're kind of running out of time on it. So, but yeah, I mean, the Rams and Bengals are not playing good football collectively. They just aren't. And then you have a report that came out earlier this week about, you know, McVay again and how long he's got, how long he still wants to coach. I mean, it sounds like he'll be there as long as the core's there, but I mean, you have Aaron Donald's already more or less said this is probably it for him. Like, <laughs> Von Miller was a yeah. good loss. Yeah, I don't know. Would they be? Would these be the closest to being probably two collective 
I wouldn't say frauds in the Super Bowl, but, you Ooh. know, last year, Rams and Bengals. I want oh, so I yeah. call them frauds in the Super Bowls, but. Well, one of them won it, so. I mean, it might be collectively the two teams that. It's like the. Hey, hey, hey look, luck plays a play. Luck plays a piece in this, right? I mean, I, I, I say I'd rather be lucky than good any day of the it's week. It's hard to but. compare to. Uh, the Rams to a small market, right? But you look at the you go to baseball, Kansas City Royals. Mm-hmm. They went for it, got out, brought in all these players, won the World Series. Constantly across two years, yeah. And now they're they're trying to get back, but you know, yeah. that's a that's a small market team, baseball. Rams, they went out and got all these guys. They brought but them all but in. to be fair though, fo- it's different though for the Rams in football. I mean, they're kind of a transient franchise in a big market. And it's embarrassing. Yeah, their home games. Yeah. Did you see that last game? Yeah. The Niners. Well, no, it's the same thing for the you Chargers. Sworn it was in San Francisco. It's the same thing for the Chargers. I've said this about. And this is again. I, this is a different discussion. But I've said this about. You know, obviously, and this isn't a discussion that we will have on here. But you look at like the A's. Kind of comes out that you know they're. I hear they're going to Vegas. I wouldn't say more than likely going to Vegas. I think it's a power play to get Oakland to play ball again here on the stadium deal. But like. The only team that's going to do well in Vegas is going to be the Knights. They got there first. They planted roots there. They're not a franchise that, you know, moved in. They're an expansion franchise in that market. You know, they got roots. They got roots. You know, the Raiders, they're a transient franchise. Don't get me wrong. That team still will probably be 75% Raider fans, give or take. But and that's but that's just because there's Raiders fans all across the country. Like my dad's a Raiders fan. Yeah, they're very popular. You know, I mean, <laughs> Oakland Athletics are not very popular. No, that's why their home games there will literally just be visiting teams because fans just want the appeal of being at a baseball game in Las Vegas. And I don't understand the you Rams. Know? They had a they had a good thing going in St. Louis. Right, and that's what's going to happen here. I mean, the Rams. I know, look, I know the Rams were in L.A., but when they left, left on such a bad note that the Rams fans that were in L.A. ended up becoming fans of either like the 49ers or somebody else because they were just sick of what happened and that's why it's the same thing with the Chargers right the Chargers were actually the original LA franchise back in the day it's you know it's just LA not to be like we're New York people you know we are uh, but. But, <laughs> but LA LA fan base is just terrible overall yeah like I don't believe there's a Clippers fan out mm. there. I don't. Why would you root for that team? But I think there are probably more true LA Clippers. Like, I say, but I think there's more true Clippers fans that are LA natives than there are Laker fans at this point. You know what I mean? I think uh, I think their most loyal franchises are the Lakers and the Dodgers. But when they're not good, they don't care. Yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, it is what it is. I guess. I don't know. All right, let's get into picks. We're gonna have to kind of rapid fire this uh, based on time here. Uh, tonight, Thursday night football, Eagles at Houston. Um, Eagles are a 13.5 point favorite. Going Eagles. Eagles as well. Kill, it yeah. kills me to say that. But. Sunday, uh, Bills at the Jets. Ooh. I think this game's going to be closer than people think, but I'm going with the Bills. It's a 12 point spread. I see what you mean. Probably something like a backdoor cover situation, if you will. Uh, but I'm taking the Bills as well. Uh, Dolphins at the Bears. Bears are a five-point dog at home. Dolphins at the Bears. Yeah. Going Dolphins. Dolphins here, but beware the weather in Chicago. Beware the weather. Vikings at the Commanders. Commanders are a three-and-a-half-point dog at home. Riding the Commanders, man. I think the Vikings, they play at Buffalo next week. They're thinking ahead. I think Washington takes advantage of their old quarterback. So I'm going to do what I've been doing pretty much all season here. 
And I know you're going to do it here, but that's okay. I have my reason already. I'm going to take the Vikings here. Why? Yeah, because, because one, I've been picking against the Commanders, and they've been winning now. So you got to keep that up. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, until Dan Snyder sells, I'm all out. Minnesota's not good. <laughs> Minnesota's not good. They're a fraud They're a fraud six and one is what you're saying? I think so. All right. I'm the Eagles, not buying in them. Panthers at the Bengals. Bengals are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Panthers at the Bengals. I'm taking P.J. Walker and the Panthers. You're crazy. Joe Burrow just had a bad game. So I'm going Bengals. Colts at the Patriots. Patriots are five-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Colts are so bad. Yeah. So, so bad. I'm taking the Pats. Taking the Patriots. Yeah. I don't care who the quarterback is. Packers at the Lions. Lions are a three-and-a-half-point dog at home. At the Lions? Mm Mm-hmm. Going Lions. I'm going with Detroit. Uh, Imagine that. What would that be? His fifth straight Mm -hmm. loss or something like that, Aaron Rodgers? I'm all in on that, by the way. There's no reason I'm taking – No, the only reason I'm taking Detroit is because I want there to be a Rodgers meltdown. Because I think if this if this loss yeah, happens, yeah. I think it happens. Yeah, like all the other ones are bad, but this one yeah. to the Lions, hundred percent. Imagine if you lost to the Bears. I think this is where the meltdown happens. If if they lose, and that's why I'm taking the Lions. Chargers at the Falcons. Falcons three point dog at home. Um, don't remind me this one's on, um, but taking the Chargers. Sam, is that the game? Which game's in like Munich or something? Or is that two weeks next from now? week? That's Seattle. Next week. It's Seattle, okay. Tampa Bay. Oof, that's rough stuff for the Bucs. At least Seattle's on a bye week this week. <laughs> or no, 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 they aren't. Seattle's not on a bye week this week. Either way, Vegas at the Jaguars. Jaguars are a point and a half dog at home. I like the Jaguars in this game. Same. I, I like ETN. Yeah. He's now the man there. He's getting better. Only two 4 o'clock games <laughs> this week because of the buys. Uh, and we have the Seattle Seahawks at the Arizona Cardinals, 405. Mm. Cardinals are a two-point favorite. Seahawks coming off the big win over the Giants. Uh-huh. Uh, I just can't trust that Cardinals offense still until I see some consistency. I'll take them at home. Taking the Cardinals. I'm going to go Seattle. Probably a really actually a pick em game. That's what two-point spreads usually mean to a degree. <laughs> yeah. It's like a pick em without being a pick em. 425 Rams at the Bucks. The Buccaneers are three-point favorite. <laughs> I like the Rams plus three. Same. Same. I, uh, yeah, the Bucks are bad. That offensive line is killing them. This spread is a bit big in my mind for this game, but I think I can see why potentially. Uh, Titans at the Chiefs for Sunday Night Football, 12.5 points. The Chiefs what? are favored over the Titans. What? Yeah. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Give me... I'm doing it. This is one of those Chiefs to win, Titans to cover. Give me Titans money line. Wow. I think they're going to go in there and they're going to beat them. Uh, not because of, what's his name? Malik. Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Even though I do like him better than Tannehill. Um, Derek Henry's going to have another great, great game. Hmm. And I think the Titans are going to pull off the upset. Last one, Monday Night Football, Ravens at the Saints. Ravens are two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. The Ravens are a two-point favorite. Yep. I like them. I like that game. As do I. All right. Uh, 
Before we get out of here, talk a couple minutes on the World Series. The Phillies and Astros tied up at That's two it? apiece. World Series and we're done? Yeah. We're not going to talk about Christopher Bell, Ross Chastain, I forgot, Legano, I forgot about. I forgot about the you NASCAR. I, I, forgot about, I, I forgot about the NASCAR championship. We'll touch on that for a minute. But the World Series tied at two apiece between the Astros oh, and the Phillies. Oh, who cares about that? Hold on, hold on. Uh, it's good to see Bryce Harper having his moment here. Yeah, it's finally like it's coming out yeah. like that he's which is like a weird, superstar. which is weird because he's been yeah. so long. Yeah, but I think I think a lot of it has to do with he needed this though if he wanted to be like one of the greats. I mean, he's better than Trout. Well, yeah. Okay. Trout's zero three against the Royals in the playoffs. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the Astros are getting led by some I wouldn't say unusual suspects, right? I think we all kind of. The way baseball is, right, we expect Altuve to be leading the drum, but no, it's been Jordan Alvarez, Alex Bregman, and Cal Tucker. It's been weird. I love how we're just, like, casually going in. There was a no-hitter last night. Well, this is where I was about to head into. Combined no-hitter thrown by Houston. Christian yeah. Javier gets a start. Um, just the third ever, right? Third ever no-hitter in the postseason. First one since 2010, which was in Philadelphia. Roy Holiday threw a no-no for the Phillies. Against your dad's Reds. Against the Cincinnati Reds in NLDS Game 1. Nate heard this earlier, so he will have to abstain from this Twitter or this trivia question. But who was the manager of the Cincinnati Reds in 2010 for that game? Dusty Baker. And it was Dusty Baker. Come on. Full I circle. know his last game as the Reds manager, too. 2013 <laughs> wild card game. Come on. Who could forget, right? Yeah, greatest game of all time. Um, I'm on the fence about this because, to me, a combined no-hitter is still a no-hitter. Um, but I do agree with people in this regard. It's going to get forgotten about. Um, right. I mean, we know about Roy Holiday's no hitter. We know about the perfect game that Don Larson threw, right? Yep. But when it comes time to talk about the third no hitter in postseason history, right? It's just Houston because people are people aren't going to just automatically attach themselves to Christian Javier, who started the game and got obviously the ball rolling nine Ks and I think two walks. But you know, it, it was him to Abreu to Montero to Presley. And you aren't going to rattle off four pitchers in the way that you can just rattle off Halliday and Larson. You're going to see so many more combined no hitters. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I and that's look. I understand it's part of it, and you know, I. I it, when was the last time Houston threw a combined no hitter? June against the Yankees. Oh, well, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know who started that game too? Uh, I thought it was Valdez. No, Christian Javier. Really? Yeah. I know Presley finished it off. I'm pretty sure I know for a fact Presley and Montero were the first two. Were well, were the last two anyway. So same uh, combination uh, started and finished. Yeah, Javier and then the closer. I know Montero. Escaping me. I know Montero. Presley the closer. Yeah, I know Montero threw the eighth as well in that game. I just I don't know if it was a brave for also. In the Are the Phillies game, done? No, two two. I don't. But they think have so. to win at Houston to win the. World yeah, Series. but I mean the the positive about this is right is it's a best of three. Must now. win though. It's a best of three now, right? Must win this next game. Though. Tonight is pretty much a must win, and they're doing a bullpen style game. Ugh. If you will, I know it's uh, it's Verlander versus um, Syndergaard technically. Um, if there's any solace in this, I mean, the Phillies pretty much have all the bullpen. I don't know if they'll go Alvarado at all, uh, given I think he threw 20 or 25 pitches last night. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's they, they got all the horses. <laughs> Sorry about that. I think they should <laughs> sign Cliff Lee for tonight. Just bring him back one time around to get shelled because <laughs> that's what would happen. 
Um, yeah, but I mean, best of three series, I, I do agree. I think if they do want the realistic shot at winning the World Series tonight, you have to win. And that way you just have to win one game in Houston. And at that point, it's for sure you have Zach Wheeler going one game and you for sure have Ranger Suarez going for the other. That's that's right. When Roy Holiday threw that no hitter, it was at the same place. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think about that? So so it sounds like you're leaning Houston the rest of the way. Because by the time we reconvene next week, we will have a World Series champion. Because it will end by Sunday. Yep. Or, or on Sunday. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm leaning Houston in six. I think they take the next two. I think we'll go Phillies in seven at this point. Phillies in seven? Yeah. So they definitely are winning tonight, you're saying. They are not yeah. winning the next Yeah. Verlander hasn't looked good in the postseason. I think, you know, we, we – we He's been we, really bad in the world. We series. go after guys like Kershaw in the world in the postseason, and we tend to forget about Verlander not pretty much being the same thing, actually, to be honest. So, probably helps being, you know, Kate Upton's husband. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do mention, though, before we get out of here, obviously NASCAR, I forgot they're in the championship round. How I didn't you forget? I didn't forget, but, I mean, we haven't talked about the playoffs at all. I mean, Ross Chastain had a video game move to, to lock himself into the championship four. Christian um, Rubel got the big Christian win. Christian Rubel got the big win, the walk-off win. And um, obviously Chase Elliott and Joey Logano joined them uh, for the championship four in Phoenix. Who's your pick? Uh, Chase Elliott all the way, man. Okay. That's my boy. Uh, what about what about in the truck series? It's Ty Majeski, Zane Smith, Chandler Smith, and Ben Rhodes. I haven't been catching up with the trucks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, can't even, I can't even remember what you just told me. but <laughs> Chandler Smith, Zane Smith, Ben Rhodes, Ty Majeski. Are their brothers Smith? No. Uh, I'll go. <laughs> Nate's even. <laughs> I'll go Zane Smith. Oh, that's a good pick. He's been good all year, but I'm going time with Jeske. All right, let's hear the Xfinity. Xfinity series. It's Josh Berry, Justin Allgaier, Noah Gregson, and Ty Gibbs, who had a very controversial win last weekend. Ty Gibbs is my boy. Oh uh, God, you are disgusting. <laughs> Monster Energy, baby. Oh gosh, <laughs> give me Josh Berry. <laughs> Can I ask a Ross Chastain question? Sure. If he finds himself in a similar situation, will he do it again? I think he'll try, but I don't think it will work the same way it did at Martinsville. Phoenix's, oh. corner, Phoenix's corners are much more wider in terms of going through them and longer. So Probably one of the, one of the biggest moments in NASCAR history, right? Oh, hands down. Yeah, yeah I mean, this, this is a move, to put it in context this way, the NBC clip of Ross Chastain at Martinsville has over, I believe, 8.5 million views on Twitter. The Atona 500 only had four and a half million. So just to put that into context for a quick second, that's what we got. So it, it's yeah, I mean it it transcended even within motorsports to pop culture. Really? I mean this it was the number one play on Sports Center last Sunday. You have people in other sports even talking about it was a topic of a discussion in Sunday Night Football last week. And you did it on PlayStation. You got like fifty thousand views. Yeah, we're almost at 80,000 views on that TikTok. Yeah, you're popular, man. Oh, gosh. I can't live up to it. I, I got your like. I, gave I you can't like. live up to it. VP Roos on TikTok, if you're bored and want to go check out my nonsense. It's a phenomenal video. He's got great content. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that will take care of Fresh Takes for today. Nick, who are you shouting out? Wait, who oh, you, who I didn't you, pick. Who are you picking? I, I'm going to go Chase Elliott. Uh, he's probably been the most consistent all year out of the four, so I'll go Chase. Chase. Barry Majeski. Hear it from him. So, um, Nick, who are you shouting out this week? Uh, I'm shouting out my friend Larry Morris. Larry, uh, congratulations to Larry, by the way. Yeah, he had his first kid, so, yep. 
the Jerry there. one the Jerry one league is becoming full fathers. Yeah, we got four kids now, uh, in the just in the hockey league yeah. alone. So uh, it's wild. Yeah. So eventually, you know, when the year twenty sixty comes around. We'll be in good hands. <laughs> we'll be in good hands. We'll be all retired. Um, yep, the kids will be 40. <laughs> but shout out Larry. Shout Congrats. out Larry. All right. Like, share, subscribe on YouTube, fairlakes1.com. Check out all our stuff, Daily Show, us, Kenny's Stupendous, all the fun stuff. Appreciate that. Catch us live at some point next week to be determined. We'll find our spot to fit in. Uh, find us on Anchor, Spotify, all major podcasting platforms. Nate, hit that music because we are out.